Welcome to the Momfully You podcast. I'm your host, Chastity Holcomb, trauma therapist and fellow mama of two. And after years of clinical experience helping hundreds of people heal their childhood wounds, I'm here to help high-achieving Christian moms end the cycle of passing hurt to their children and pass emotional health to them instead. I believe the generations shift when moms heal. So on this podcast, we trade perfectionism for peace and go from striving out of fear to abiding in God's provision, and we turn your formed identity from childhood wounds into your born identity in Christ. Heaven wants you healed, not just for you, but for the generation that comes through you. So come on in, grab a blanket, and let's lean all the way in. May I have your attention Please, my new program, Mama Wounded, is now enrolling. This is the ultimate spirit-led and evidence-based program for high-achieving Christian moms who've experienced deep hurt from their mom and or dad and who want to end the cycle of perfectionism by healing their childhood wounds. For three highly intentional months, you'll have my knowledge as a trauma therapist and my experience as a mom who's walked the journey of healing her father wounds. Together, we're going to journey through these core three phases, revealing the root of it all, okay? Most of the moms that I talk to have this lingering thought that something is wrong with them and they feel broken. Our job in this phase is to help you understand that your feelings of shame, inadequacy, and fear of connection didn't start with you. We reveal the why behind the what. Then we release beliefs and patterns that are keeping you stuck in perfectionism. Avoiding feeling big emotions is not going to help you move forward. The opposite is actually true. You'll get the skills you need to regulate your emotions instead of stuffing them down out of fear that you won't be able to stand it. Lastly, we restore the identity you were born into, not formed into. Most high achieving moms don't know who they are outside of perfectionism and control. We fix that in this phase by helping you establish new boundaries around your new identity at home with your extended family and in your career or business. This program is more than just a gather around and let's chat kumbaya. It's designed to unveil the healed version of you. If you know that God has been inviting you into a place of stillness and restoration, it's time to step into your born identity from God and exit out of your formed identity from your childhood. You'll have everything you need to end perfectionism by healing your childhood wounds inside of mom unwounded. We believe the generations shift when moms heal. So to do that inside of the three month high level group coaching program, we'll start our 90 minute interactive trainings with prayer and end them with individualized coaching for your needs. In between trainings, you'll complete your peace plans to enhance your learning so you see results faster. And to put the icing on the cake, you'll be surrounded by God glorifying, cycle changing, high achieving moms in our private safe space community where you get daily coaching, check-ins, and accountability. One-on-one support is available until VIP spots are filled. You're going to have the time of your life, restoring your life. Will you join us in shifting our generation? I sure hope so. The investment for Mama Wounded is a reflection of the high caliber, deeply enriching transformation you'll receive inside of the program. With one-time payment of $24.97 or four monthly payments of $6.87, this healing is not only for you, but the generation that comes through you. To apply and schedule your call with me, click the link in the show notes 
or go to momunwounded.com. Again, click the link in the show notes to apply and have your call with me or go to momunwounded.com. I cannot wait to welcome you inside of Mom Unwounded. Let's get to the day's episode. One of the biggest joys that I have is being able to witness my clients go from the state that they come to me in, right? Um, They're stressed out, they're burnt out, they're anxious, they're trying to figure out a way how to do things differently, but they don't have the blueprint. So they're just out here making stuff up as they go. A lot of us are, right? But they're tired of doing things the way that they've been done because they just feel stuck, right? They feel in this holding pattern and they know that something needs to change or know that there is something fundamentally, um, it's fundamentally there that needs to be shifted, right? They feel like that fundamental thing that needs to be shifted is themselves. And sure, but there are also a lot of healing things that need to be shifted in order for generations to shift. Amen. Amen. So I always tell my clients, I have the best seat in the house. I really do. Because I get a chance to see how clients come in um, into my sphere and, and, you know, decide to work with me and how they leave. And it is such a huge difference. Even along the way, I'm seeing all of these pointers of change and I'm pointing it out to them. I'm giving them that evidence that you're on the right track. You know, sometimes you just need someone to be, you know, on the outside of you, looking at you and saying, I see you, I see your work. Don't give up, keep chasing that finish line, you know? So sometimes even on the calls, you know, right before we start working together in the consult calls, and we're trying to figure out, you know, is this the best fit? I'll have clients that will, you know, start crying. And later on, they'll tell me, you know, the reason why I was so emotional when we were on the call before we started is that was the first time I actually reached out for support. That was the first time I felt safe enough to tell the real reason of why I was coming to therapy in the first place. That was the first time that I felt, you know, held and there were space made for me. And that's how I knew that, you know, it was destined for us to work together. And it just warms my heart to see that, that beginning stage on up into them being able to shift the atmosphere in their home. So I'm going to talk about Two of my clients, which I'm not going to share their names on the podcast, um, and never will until a client gives me permission to do so. Um, and there might be times in the future where I might invite clients to come on the podcast so that you can hear it straight from them, but you know, baby steps. Um, but I'm going to share two kind of stories today to kind of give you a little bit of background of the way that I work and the outcomes of some of the clients that have worked with me and how it can be encouraging for your journey. I think sometimes when we look at how far other people are or we see someone, another mom, another, you know, high achievers, like, how did she get to that point? I want to be at that point in my life. And we see their kind of glory stage and we will tell ourselves, we'll see, I might as well stop before I even get started, right? We'll kind of take this defeated um, approach to things. It's like either that or we'll try to burn ourselves out to get there. But Instead of it being um, this kind of comparison game of like, ah, why she got that and I don't have it, you know, but rather it being more of an encouragement, more of a, if he did it for her, he can do it for me too, right? So I was working with this um, client before who really came to me struggling with um, control and she knew that her control, oh, let me step back. She came to me for anxiety, 
Okay, which a lot of my clients did. I'm anxious, coach. I feel it in my body. I feel it in my mind. I feel it in my spirit. I'm anxious, right? And so on the consult call, we're, we're going through her anxiety, how it's affecting her life. Um, she's always making decisions around the safety of her her child. She's always making decisions around, you know, if, if this is too risky, I'm not going to be able to do it. Even if it's things that would make her happy or make her family happy. It's like, nope, I'm too anxious for that, right? Anxiety was her identity. But as we um, started to get deeper and deeper, she started opening up more about her control, right? So how anxiety leads her to control. And this sense of control was not only um, showing up in the way that she parented, right? There are certain things that we do as a family. There are certain things that we don't. I remember her, um, she was invited to like some kind of party or she was invited to something where there were going to be a lot of people there. And one of her thoughts was at the time she was watching a lot of news, which I think we do. And I don't, I don't watch the news. It's a personal decision that keeps me less anxious. Amen. And so she was watching the news about something and it was, you know, making her very anxious. And so anything that had to do with a lot of people um, or even any outings where she had to go by herself, she's like, if, if there's any slight chance that something bad can happen to my kiddo, something bad can happen to me, um, I'm not doing it, Right. So she came in and she was talking about this and how this sense of control was rubbing off in her everyday parenting, right? Don't do this. Stop. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to Now we do have to keep our kids safe. You know, we have have to keep, keep our kids safe. But she noticed that this pattern of control was, she was more controlling than she was connecting with her child. There, it was nothing but no's. It was nothing but stops. It was nothing but she couldn't enjoy motherhood. She couldn't enjoy her son. All she knew was stop. That was her protection mechanism coming in, right? So the sense of control is how she thought she was getting out of it. But not only that, she was also, you know, yelling at her son. She was yelling at him, saying things she didn't like. She would get so embarrassed and so you know shame herself for hours and hours about what she said and didn't say during those moments and he just the way he looked at me I felt so bad right and we've all been there but this was a pattern of hers and she didn't know how to stop it and because she didn't know how to stop it she was embarrassed you know she was starting to resent her husband and that resentment was coming out in criticism she, you know, would tell me there's, I can't, we can never be on the same page, right? There's something that I want him to do or need him to do. And I'll, you know, try to hint at it or I'll try to tell him and he just doesn't, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get me. And because of that, they were arguing more. Um, there were moments where they were sleeping in different bedrooms. They were just not on good terms. It was not a healthy place in her marriage. And of course, the safer she felt, Um, within our, our time together, the more she told me these things, but once we were able to kind of get to the bottom, why is control your default? Why is it difficult for you to truly communicate what you need, not just communicate in in a passive aggressive way, in a way where like he, he needs to read my mind because we do that sometimes, right? Um, what is the fear that's there? What's happening? Right. And I never forget it. There's like this light bulb moment that went off for her. And she started to work on this belief that she was worth being heard. She was worth being heard. 
So she would communicate her emotions to her husband and he started making comments like, listen, you need to keep going to see Chastity, okay? Because I'm seeing the changes. We seeing the changes. Keep going. He became her own advocate. He started to see the change and the shift in her behavior. And it shifted the whole atmosphere in the home, right? Because they're arguing less. She's communicating more. She's taking the defense down, putting the swords away and learning how to um, to communicate because she targeted the root of her worth being that she's worth being heard, right? As it relates to her kiddo, it's this sense of um, protection that was coming in, right? And her worth having joy within that relationship. Like, how can I enjoy motherhood um, and let go of my control? How can I um, allow this connection to flourish with my child without thinking that any little let up, something bad is going to happen, right? She worked on the belief that she had to be the protector and that God was not the one who was protect the protector in her life. She had to work through that. And once she did the joy that she talked about, now the kid was still the kid. Okay. Parent, motherhood is not all rosy and sunshine and glitters and glimpses. okay sometimes it's a little dreary <laughs> sometimes it's a little overwhelming but baseline her baseline shifted she was not the baseline parent of control and these are the things that we have to do and we can't do that because it's too risky she was not that person anymore she wasn't the anxious mom anymore she wasn't the control freak anymore there were times where she would be triggered right? Watch something on the news, hear another friend talk about something, she'd have a new thought. But there, but her baseline shifted from I am not my mom. I know how to create an atmosphere that I'm there for my child, I connect with my child without being controlling. And once she did that, things shifted for her. I still talk with her um, every now and again. We'll write via email like we're pen pals or something and she'll update me and she'll send me things like, I still can't believe, you know, how my life changed after working with you. I'm so grateful for you. I can't imagine like what my life would be like had we not started working together. Small tweaks and getting to the root of things can make all of the difference in shifting the atmosphere in your home. I'll tell you one more, okay? One more client that I think about um, who had a particularly difficult time setting boundaries, right? So her her wounds were showing up more in, in the way that she was spending her time at work. So essentially, her work had become her protection. Her work had become her idol, in a sense. She was doing all the things. She's very high up. She's a physician. And she was getting to this uh, pivotal moment into her career to where she was getting ready to like be more of a mentor and have to she didn't have to do as much um, floor work. I can't remember what it's called. But um, she was working herself up to that point, very esteemed, very proud of what she was doing. But her work was her idol. It was how she felt safe, how she felt validated, how she felt proud of herself. Um, she knew that when she showed up 
at work, coach, the people listened, okay? The people were peopling, but not around her, okay? She was the boss lady. She had things going on. She knew how to see around corners. She knew how to make things happen and make them happen efficiently. She was praised and validated for the work that she did, but the boundaries that she had around work and producing and achieving at work were unhealthy for her. She was always burnt out always wondering why she couldn't be the one that found that harmony and that balance between working and momming, right? She was surrounded around other mom physicians who were, you know, maybe they didn't have it perfect because again, nobody does, but she was starting to notice that they were able to cut things off. They would tell her, Hey girl, like the weekend is the weekend. What's going on? What's happening? And so, um, she came to me trying to figure out this boundary. We got to the thick of her mother wound, the thick of her trauma that was agitating this thought that she's worthless without producing, that she's lazy without being at the top of her class, that if she wasn't always on top of things and things would get on top of her and she'd be weak and she'd be fimble, she'd be left alone, right? And that was impacting, obviously, the way she was showing up at work. But it was also impacting the way that she was showing up at home. It's hard for you to come home and be present and be calming and be, you know, truly in that space. If you've spent the last 12, 16 hours in all this high energy, just giving, 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 giving. When you get home, you want to sleep, 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 sleep. But who don't want you to sleep? Your kids. (laughs) Who don't want you to sleep? Your husband. You know what I mean? So she was coming, she was having having this thrill at work and then coming home wanting to rest but couldn't because her her family was there, the people that she's actually stewards over when it comes to her children and committed to with a covenant to her husband. She couldn't do that because of the lack of boundaries at work. So we work through, um, one, her mother wound and setting boundaries first and foremost with herself identifying what is your finish line boundary what is your I've done enough boundary it's okay for you to be ambitious it's okay for you to be at the top of your game can you take God with you can you remove some of this force and start getting into flow right and so we walk through this journey of being able to do that she didn't have to quit her job to heal (laughs) she didn't have to stop being ambitious to heal. But what she did have to do was be honest, right? About what she did want to happen in that season, in that season of her life and what she didn't want to happen in that season of life. And then take practical steps to be able to get there, right? So she came to me and she was saying things like, you know, now I'm able to walk away from Um, I'm able to walk away from the work that I do. I set these perimeters around what I'm doing and how much I'm going to do it. My husband notices a different and I feel this sense of relief when I get home, not this sense of, oh, Lord, here comes, you know, shift number two. Right. She wasn't resentful towards her family anymore, thinking that they were a disruption to her validation. Let me say that again. Her family was no longer a disruption to her validation. She had learned how to reroute the beliefs around her that were driving this fear-faced drive behind her, trying to do things at work and trying to be this perfect um, person at work to where she was able to reroute these beliefs, think differently about herself, heal those wounds that were agitating her, and then reroute and, and change and shift the atmosphere at her home. 
I want you to be able to experience this type of transformation. You know, not everyone's story is the same. And I think that's what makes us beautiful and unique is that we all have different things that we can fine tune. We can all, we all have things that we need to heal in a very specific way. So in the program, you get this individualized support. You get this safety uh, of a community and of a space for you to lay off um, the weight off of your shoulders. You get to take this mask of like, everything's fine and I'm okay. In this space, you get to say, this is what I have today and I don't want it no more and I'm here to learn how to get out of it, right? You get to be honest about that. Um, and because of that honesty, you get to shift the shift within yourself, the, the shift within your home, the shift outside of you and for generations to come. That is the power of being in an environment that supports your healing. Not just you, the person, but you, the spiritual being, right? You, the one that is connected to God, you, the one that needs his strength to also intercede and come in on your behalf, right? We work on these things inside of the program. I would love to have you love seeing your applications come in. If you haven't already apply for the program, the doors are closing very soon. They're closing on September 27th. And so I'd love to see you in the program before then. And until our next episode, thank you for chatting with me today. <laughs> Until the next one, take care.